0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Greatest Generation, a podcast built around the stories of yesteryear as told by the very people who lived through them. I am your host, Aaron Weisler. Today, we will be speaking with Ed Wexler, who has a very inspiring story to share. If you haven't already, please subscribe, and if you like what you hear, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star rating on iTunes as well. You can also reach me directly at thegreatestgeneration1 at gmail.com. Comments and questions are always welcome. And now, without further ado, I bring you a conversation with Ed Wexler. I spoke with Ed over lunch about a week prior to this episode's release. Okay, so when and
1: where were you born? I was born in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is uh, right on Lake Erie. And
0: uh, what were your parents like?
1: It, it was a, uh, a good family growing up. By the time I was born, my dad was in the insurance business. He started out as a uh, carpenter with his his father that uh, built houses. They built uh, and repaired and remodeled and, and so on. And uh, the... Uh, My grandfather, his father came over from Russia. And uh, he came over and he brought his parents Mm -hmm. with him when my grandfather came over. And his brother and sister and parents and everything, uh, they all came over from Russia. And he and uh, two brothers came over at different times and they each took a different name. In those days, they couldn't communicate like we can, so their Russian name was Khaskin, C-H-A-S-K-I-N approximately. And uh, they came over. One took the name Gold, he had heard the streets were lined with gold, and the other took the name Specter, and My grandfather, or great-grandfather, took the name Wexler which was a maiden name of like his mother or something like that, or close to it, And as opposed to Hoskin which was an old world name. What
0: kind of school did you attend, private,
1: public? we attended the only private schools in erie would be parochial catholic schools and uh, uh, i attended a public school uh, it was a large high school and uh they uh i think after uh, after my class Mm-hmm. They dev- they opened another high school. To, I mean, we, we went, uh, it was a junior high and a high school. So uh, I was there from seventh grade right through senior high through, through 12th grade for six years. And they did open another school because we had ended up with uh, well over a couple thousand students, and even our senior class. uh, My senior class was like six or seven hundred, which for a city the size of Erie was a big school. And uh, I was one of three commencement speakers, uh, which I was proud of. I, uh, I worked for a cousin of mine while I was in high school. Mm-hmm. He had a, uh, he was manager and district manager of uh, ladies uh, ready to wear store that was out of New York. And uh, he lived about, uh, I don't know, half a block from where we lived. Mm -hmm. And he asked me when I was 13 years old, how would I like to come for the holidays and make boxes and sweep up and do things like that. And uh, he said you could take the bus after school. And he said, I'll bring you home.
0: So is that your first job? Yeah. first job, okay.
1: So uh, I worked... uh, well, technically, I worked that summer when I was 13. Mm-hmm. I worked for my dad. Mm-hmm. He was in the insurance business. Okay. And, uh, well, he, I started to say before, he started out as a, uh, a carpenter with his father. Mm-hmm. He got arthritis, uh, spinal arthritis, and he couldn't be a carpenter anymore. So he did go into the insurance business and uh, eventually he uh, was asked to join a guy uh, in their own agency, and the guy was ready to retire in a couple years, and uh, so he took over the agency, and I worked for one summer for $5 a week. But then near the end of summer, I got a raise to seven fifty a week. And that was going in seven in the morning till seven at night. But what I'm leaving out is my grandfather had died shortly before. And my father said Kaddish for him. And I could make a minion starting when I was 13. So I used to go with him every day seven in the morning we would start, we'd go to services. Then i go work with them, I'd go to lunch with them. And then at 6.30 at night, or six, we would go to Minion at night. And I did that till school started. And then my cousin said, how about working for me a few days a week just, you know, doing whatever. And then at least I got minimum wage, I was making real money. Which is, I think think 50 cents an hour, I don't
0: know. Okay,
1: I think that's the only thing I can remember ever having somewhat of a desire to be, Uh, and I love politics, so I think I would've Maybe going gone into uh, into law and into politics. I did like it, and I've remained. I've remained a uh, very involved with politics my whole life. And but I didn't go that route.
0: What route did you go?
1: I had. Been accepted at University of Pennsylvania mm-hmm. at Wharton School. I was accepted at uh, at home at Penn State. Uh, area. And uh, that is when I graduated high school. The um, Korean War was going on. Right. And the fella who I was had been working all along for my cousin at this same store that I started at 13, I was now 18, and I had worked there all those years. I knew every job that you could have from the cash register to be a cashier to keeping uh, there what was called you in control. But uh, whatever, and even, the summer when I was 16, I think, he had a fire the man, or he was opening a store in Oil City, Pennsylvania, and I was 16. And he was going to, uh, the fellow he was gonna hire ended up being drafted. And he said, I, I don't have anybody, could you go down? And uh, I'm hiring a new guy, but he doesn't know anything could you go down and open the store for me? So at at 16, I went to Oil City and stayed at a hotel and used to come home weekends, but I worked there all summer opening their store and training the manager um, to take over. When school started, I left. And I really loved that. I, I loved the retail business and when I graduated high school, the fellow he had as manager of the Erie store, which was the second largest in the chain of about 80, 90 stores, at that time it was the second largest, and he said, look, I don't know how much trouble I'm uh, making, but if you want... I'd like you to be manager of the store, which meant I can't go to school or college. So I registered at uh, Barron Center, which is the local branch of Penn State. Okay. It was a two—I think it still is—a two-year school where generally people who are working or whatever can go there and then transfer to Penn State and uh, so I did I, I registered and went started out at Barron Center and I uh, said well I know how it is to be uh, in retail I'd been in it since I was 13 at this uh, same store we'll give college a shot and I would have the only thing I had any desire for was law.
0: And uh,
1: about, I'm not sure, maybe January or February, I started in August, September. The, uh, the fellow who was managing and, and I would work part-time at the store and when I wasn't working, go to school. He actually left for uh, Korea. And my cousin said, look, either I need you full, it's a big store, a full-time manager, or you could stay doing what you're doing and work when you have time, Um, but either manage or go to school. I mean, I'll have to get somebody else. And I liked it and I said, I want to do it. And I dropped out of school, college. My parents weren't thrilled about it, I can tell you that, in many, many discussions. But I stayed with that, went into the retail business, and uh, was in it for a long time, and and enjoyed it. And one of the things which I'll I'll tell you, uh, at that, uh, and I, ended up going to Lorain, Ohio because he had a manager there who was stealing. So he said, you're available. Like, we're gonna walk in on him and fire him and you can run that store for a while. If you like it, stay there. If you don't, come back to Erie and we'll hire somebody else. So he said, it's up to you. So I moved, I went, uh, I was 19 or 20. I went to Lorain, Ohio, and I met my wife-to-be there. And uh, we got married, we were very young, a couple years later. uh, We got married, she was 19, and I was uh, like 21. And uh, we... uh, a mutual decision her father died when she was 12 and she had a twin brother and sister who were 10 and she wanted to have children right away because in case we get sick or die young that we would be able to be parents and so we had our daughter Robin was our firstborn and when my wife was twenty and uh, Robin always told us that later on in school when they asked well how old are your parents because her parents were always the youngest nobody could believe it and uh, so uh, that year when uh, when The 1960, we were married.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: My company, it's out of New York, decided to go uh, discount. And they were gonna open their first discount center in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And they sent down to go to New Orleans. They had two district managers. Mm My cousin being one of them, and they sent down, they had their two largest stores. They sent down those two managers and me. Uh, everyone was a minimum of 20 years older than I was. I was 22 when I went down there, and I was the first one to go to New Orleans, uh, and the others came. and. Uh, I ended up, uh, they made a deal with me if I would open their first four or five discount centers. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm talking discount center. These were uh, 150,000 and up square feet with 250 employees or so. Mm -hmm. They're big places. And uh, that if I would open their first four or five, I could pick whichever one I wanted and be general manager. So I opened New Orleans and came up, and the second one was in uh, near Lorain, Ohio, where I was from. I found them some land, and then I opened three in Cleveland area, and came back to Lorain, Ohio, which was home to me, uh, my wife's home, and. Uh, her family and so on, our friends. So I came back there, and uh, after about two years, he had opened about five more discount centers, and uh, the stock market went bad, a couple of these went belly up, and he called me, would I close everything that I opened? So I opened them and he went out of business. must have been hard. Yes. So I then closed four of the five that I opened and uh, ended up with a uh, managing the store in Lorraine, Ohio that I started out with. Mm-hmm. And the fellow next to me had the leading fashion mm-hmm. store in, the county and he ended up uh, he wanted to expand to a second store and he ended up hiring me as his vice president general manager and I took a move into the fashion business and went there and from there I bought my own store and ended up in that until the fashion, uh, the retail business just went to hell. Uh, People like Saks, Macy's, and so on were in Chapter 11. And uh, it was uh, at that time uh, in the, uh, like about 1990 uh, and in through that area in time, And uh, I could see what was happening. And uh, I decided to go in the insurance business, which my family had been in all those years. I loved it. You loved it? I loved it. I'm very fortunate in that I was in two businesses. Mm retail business since I was 13 years old mm-hmm. and in uh, 19 uh, about 92 maybe mm-hmm. I went into the insurance business and at 91 I think and I was in that for 20 years until I retired and moved here. Okay. So, I was in two businesses that I loved. And I was very lucky. It's uh, some people are never find a business they love. And during that time, I, uh, uh, I kind of pushed a little bit, maybe vicariously lived through him, but I had secretly wanted to be an attorney. My son's an attorney. My son, Larry, uh, is a second born and I remember when he was going to graduate uh, high school and I made arrangements for him to work when he went to school, he went to uh, undergrad at Ohio State. We were living there and I made arrangements. He said, you know, he could come home in the summer and work for me. I had a store in Savannah, Mm -hmm. a large store, retail. And instead, I talked to my attorney, who was a close friend, and asked him to hire Larry. So he worked for my attorney for three years as he was going to school in the summer or vacations or so on. He would work for my attorney, and he ended up uh, with my help of pushing him a little bit. He ended up going to law school and so on and uh, became an attorney. And, uh, it's worked out very well for him, and it's a lot of fun for me. We discuss cases, and uh, so it... Uh, it worked out nice. Um,
0: let's move on to the present. Any hobbies or special interests
1: that you have? I, uh, I used to play golf, mm-hmm. I miss it. Not that I was a great golfer, but I enjoyed playing. And I was operated on about 12 years ago on my back. And the uh, surgeon, accidentally severed my nerve going to my right foot. And I have what's called a drop foot. That ended my golf career. And that's why I walked with a cane. It's strictly because I have a drop foot, which means I can't get, I mean my foot drops like this. So I would trip, I wear a brace on my leg that holds it up a little bit. If I'm not careful, I'll fall.
0: Just have a few more questions for you. Okay. What is your most uh, cherished family tradition?
1: From my standpoint, it's celebrating the holiday of Passover together. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to look forward to it with my family, and it was a huge thing at my grandfather's house. And when he died, my dad started. And I, uh, I look forward to that. And I'm uh, currently uh, teaching my grandson mm-hmm. the four questions so he can do them in Hebrew. Uh, so he can do them this year, at Passover.
0: It's a great tradition. So, I, and that's, again,
1: because the family's all together, uh, that's far and away my favorite moment.
0: Okay. What's your happiest and proudest moment? I mean, uh, my happiest moments
1: No question uh, it was getting married and, and having the three kids. There's maybe nothing else. That I've done things I'm proud of that I'm happy about, but nothing can compare to that. I mean they, they far away.
0: What, if anything, would you have done differently in your life? That's a good
1: question, because I did have two careers I was happy with. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think, well, I would have gone to law school and been a politician, so on and so forth. Maybe I would have. One of the things is do different is... I may have, I came very close to running uh, for council, and uh, I was very involved. I was chairman of a campaign, political campaign, for a judge, and I was this, uh, chairman of the election campaign. I served uh, in the Democratic Party as uh, state chairman of a telecon. I was one of the vice chairmen for mayor's committee for re-election. I was involved to that extent, but uh, I kind of enjoyed it. And maybe I would have taken the time and got involved and run for office myself. I've always been, like here, I've been here five and a half years. Mm -hmm. I've been vice president of the association here for two years. I've been president for three and a half years and I still am. They've never had a president more than two years.
0: Do you enjoy it? Sure. I'm
1: I'm getting somebody else will take over of my term. Runs up in uh the end of June. July one. Okay. What do you know now
0: that you wish you had known when you were
1: younger? I'm not sure I could answer that. I don't know. You have more knowledge as you as you grow older. Certain things that I did that were question for example, with my wife we were married for over forty three years she died and shouldn't have died. But we believed in because her father died at 49, my father died at 58. Uh, Both of our mothers lived into their 90s, but our fathers died very early. We traveled with and without our children very early. When our friends were not traveling, we were. And we took many trips, again with and without our kids. And probably seven or eight cruises. In Europe, maybe four times or five times. And all over the United States. So, and she died early. She died at 62. And I'm so glad we did that traveling because most of our friends, if their wife died at 62, would have hardly made a trip. And uh, my sisters, my brother-in-law, her husband died at 54 from cancer. And they had been on like one trip together. And it's people often, family criticized me for you know, you should be saving more money, so on. And my feeling was, you should live while you're alive and enjoy. And we traveled with the kids the same way. We went to Europe together, we went to Israel, the five of us. We took two or three cruises with all of us. When my wife died, uh, she died in October that summer. Uh, All of us went to Aruba. So we did things
0: as a family.
1: I'm so happy that while she was alive uh, and uh, So I don't know what I know now that, I wouldn't have done a whole lot different. I would not. I I guess I would have saved my money better on not cut out any trips, do other things, that uh, I would have done that a little different and concentrated a little bit more on retirement, which I did Um, but uh, other than that not too much
0: what advice did your grandparents or parents give you that you remember
1: best grandparents died early so it would be my my dad's dying request was dying was, which I would have done, I feel, but never leave your mother alone. And uh, the only advice which my father gave me, which I've talked to the kids about, is uh, family is always important and that you can't you can't not get along with family with in-laws with parents with brothers with sisters you must get along with them and i told them that's the only request i have the three kids is they all get along i said you got to worry about each other and care about each other and help each other And I got that advice, and I passed it on to my kids. And I was very, very, very close with my brother and sister, who both passed away within a year of my wife. So that's my wife, my brother, and my sister. And I felt like an orphan. My parents were gone, my brother, my sister, my wife. And uh, that's the, the only thing I told them is, always care about each other. Do
0: you have a philosophy of life?
1: The only thing is, I have felt, because I, I saw it with my father, is if you can leave a good name, you know, some people make lip service to it, but if you can leave a good name, you've done a lot. That's an
0: accomplishment
1: and that's what I'm trying to do and I have tried. Okay. Uh,
0: what would you like your children and grandchildren to remember about you?
1: I think just remember that I love
0: them. If you could write a message to each of your children and grandchildren and put in a time capsule for them to read 20 years from now, what would you write to each?
1: I would write to each exactly what I've told them. In other words, that I hope they're caring for each other, that they love their family, and that they should remember that I love them, and they should always have time for their children for their grandchildren, and just to care for each other and leave a good name what I've been told and and try and and with my kids, they know this because I've told them that. And my son who made a lot of money, he's fortunate that when he gets a bonus, his kids know it. I mean, his his sisters know it because he gives them each part of it.
0: Thank you so much for talking with me today. I really I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And there you have it, a conversation with a fascinating individual, Ed Wexler, on The Greatest Generation. If you liked what you heard, please don't hesitate to subscribe and give us a five-star review on iTunes. I really do appreciate it. Stay tuned for our next episode coming next month. Until then, enjoy.